This, this, this is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. It's Tuesday night at half past six. You are listening to the Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. And believe me, I've got an absolute belter of a show coming up for you tonight. I'm going to take every box for you. Pro boxing, amateur boxing, mixed martial arts. It's all coming up in the next hour here on Radio City Talk. First of all, Obviously, there's only one place I can start. Callum Smith has had a change of opponents out in Germany in the World Boxing Super Series semi-final. We're going to be hearing from his coach, Joe Gallagher, and Callum himself about the late change of opponents and where that stands him for the rest of the tournament. Then coming up in part two, I'm going to tune in to Peter McGrail, a European gold medalist. He returns to Merseyside and he's bringing Team GB with him. Team GB take on the Italians at the Echo Arena Auditorium on March the 2nd. Peter's going to tell us all about it. And in the last part of the show, I can't resist it, can I? Paddy the Baddy is back. Paddy the Baddy and Molly McCann headline at the Echo Arena this Saturday night. Cage Warriors 90 is back in town. Mixed martial arts, baby. It doesn't get any better than this. All coming up on the show. But first and foremost, let's catch up with the boys out in Germany and let's get the latest news on this change of opponent for Callum Smith. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. I woke up this morning, like the rest of the country, to uh, some terrible news. Did you guys find out this morning as well or was it last night when you landed in Germany? No, it was when we just went passports and went through the gates to get on the plane yesterday uh, evening. We just went through it. She scanned the tickets. We're on the ramp to walk onto the plane. Get a phone call. Bramer's out. Me and Cam just looked at each other and went, should we just turn back? <laughs> um, oh, it killed me. But they said, we got on the plane. The good thing was, though, we were in the air for two hours, so we couldn't do anything. We arrived then, and in the World Boxing Super Series, we're saying, right, there's this opponent, this is what we've got to bring in, and the show's still going on, and the rest of it, so that's it. So we've been up till like, well, I have anyway, till like two this morning, looking at the kids, studying him, and uh, that's it. And the thing with this World Boxing Super Series, though, Nick, it's like, we're at the mercy of them. It's a tournament. Yeah. So whatever opponents they suggest, that's who we have to fight. We have no say. Um, when we landed, we thought they might have come with um, all types of skinny. Most probably would they bring Yildrim back into it? Would they bring uh, other kids into it? Jock Vegan Butcher fought last weekend, and that was it. But they'd already had this kid, apparently, as a reserve, who's due to fight children off this weekend, and uh, that was it. So we're off and we're going on, and like you say, the show goes on, and like you say, with Caleb with the Groves injury, when they're saying if he's not ready, then they will bring somebody else in. And as you see now, this weekend, Bremer, get out, stuff looks, someone else is in now, move on. Jagan Bremer's got a bit of a history of this as well. Joey pulled out a fight with Cleverly, I believe, pulled out a fight with, uh, you know, yeah. he's done it a couple of times. In his past, do yeah. we know what do we know what the issue is? I've heard it's an illness or it's well, an infection. Yeah, we, well, this week we got told flu originally, but now we're in. He's got some type of severe virus, so I don't know, mate. It's uh, that's it, and uh, I've listened, forgot all about Bremer. Now we've spent ten weeks working on him, foot drills, training, training diligently for him, and now we've got to just readjust now and keep our minds focused. We're fighting on Saturday. We still remain fighting on Saturday mm-hmm. and just go in there and, and, do, and do a good job and book ourselves a place in the final. Is it, you know, it, I think we, we looked at it on Fight Disciples on social media today and it was like when Callum won the WBC silver belt, it was like 2015, but three years on and we still haven't got this world title fight. It must be so frustrating oh. for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is, mate. I think someone gave me a statistic the other day that when Callum became manager, uh, Benavidez was 1-0. and 
something like that. That's what I heard. I don't know the truth in that now, but that's a, an un- unbelievable, unbelievable um, stat. Yeah. But like you say, it's frustrating. It's just like we went in this tournament to become world champion. Uh, Cam Smith got messed around by the Darrell situation. We've come in this. We'll be fighting the best kids in it, and we'll come out a world champion. The way it looks at the moment, obviously, like we said, George Groves has showed that we could be going into this tournament, win on Saturday, get into the final, no George Groves, and win the tournament and still not be a world champion. But listen, eventually we get there. We've just got to be patient. Things happen for a reason. Yep. And um, we've we, we just got to move on. And uh, I think the good thing with Callum having this amateur pedigree where he's travelled all, all over the world for GB, um, he, he knows how to adapt. You don't know who you're boxing until you get there. You have a draw one day. It's a southpaw. Two days later, you've got a short, stocky orthodox. So that adaptability with Callum, I'm sure, yeah. will suit him to the ground this week. The kid is fighting. Uh, heavy-handed, big puncher. Good win last time out. Comes from a martial arts background. Only lost around 14 fights out of 100 and odd. Bit of a good striker. Um, yeah, so listen, he's been given a, a golden ticket into... The World Boxing Super Series, I'm sure he'll want to gate crash it as well. So um, he'll be coming, and uh, that's it. But like you say, uh, we, uh, we we have, we have no say on who it is or what it is. That's down to the World Boxing Super Series. So whoever they put before us now, that's who it is we have to fight. Yeah, Nicky Holtzen it is who's coming in, the, the, the Dutch kid, uh, background yeah. in, in K1 and kickboxing. Currently 13-0 with 10 knockouts in his professional boxing career. He was due in the co-main event, wasn't he, Joe? He was due to fight Chudanov in the co-main event. Right. Surprised it wasn't Chudanov. Obviously, Chudanov's mixed at world level before. It wasn't the, the more experienced fighter that came in rather than someone who's quite young in, in the game. Yeah, I was with Chudanov. Um, maybe, I don't know, I think uh, if you remember back to the World Boxing Super Series at the start of it, and people were saying, oh, who was brought into the draw or not into the draw, uh, we had a situation uh, with Jamie Cox, so looked at him because he was undefeated, he had the zero, where Rocky Field and Haddon, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, And I don't know whether they may just think, well, this kid is undefeated, uh, where true enough has been, do you know what I mean? So uh, he's untested and they can sell that a little bit more. But, like you say, we're on neutral ground. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> which is what we, which is what we wanted from I the start, Joe. That's what we wanted. <laughs> and I told them they should have gone to Amsterdam in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> the place would have been rocking Saturday now with Hudson oh, coming in in Amsterdam. Oh, could you imagine it? But like you say, we're on neutral territory anyway. <laughs> Uh, obviously, you, you explained there. Callum's background means you know he, he's been here and he's done this before. But in terms of this close to such a big fight, you're switching, of course, from a, a southpaw to an, an orthodox fighter. Um, is there many other changes that you, that you'll do in the next 24, 48 hours before fight time? Um, listen, I've, I've studied your uh, man last night um, again a little bit this morning. The things that he does well, I know what looking at his pet shots are. I think some of his pet shots. We'll walk on to Callum's pet shots. Uh, looks very heavy-handed. The kid that he fought, Kalinga, uh, then went and fought Zach Parker after that. I looked at Zach Parker's performance against him. And uh, Callum's opponent did a, a better job on that Kalinga than what Zach Parker did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it wasn't his game in the fight. That shows you that he doesn't really... Uh, that, that this kid does punch and everyone that he seems to hit. Uh, doesn't do much. He just seems to plod forward, jab, plod forward, but then he opens up with right hooks and left hooks to the body. Seems to be his pet shot. Um, it puts people away. And um, like you say, last time out, he beat Victor Polakis, who be- 
before that to be uh, Carolis, the same Carolis that fought Tyrone Zeke and, that, and this kid, uh, chinned the kid in two rounds. So um, that shows that shows shows the power in him. But listen, all fully focused now. We've got to go in there. Callum's a a quality orthodox operator, and we could be sat here there today now fighting. Listen, a Benavides, to understand, or yeah. whoever. When you're at this level, at this weight division, funny enough, all the good fighters are all tall orthodoxes. If you look at Benavides, you look at Darrell, there's plenty of them about. Yeah. Um, I think Roberto Romero's as well um, as the Southpaw, but the rest of them are all tall upright. So, Callum, um, this is a plenty of sparring with orthodoxes in the past, and like I say, it can adapt and apply. And funny enough, you know, we were saying it today, we did a bit of a media day the other day, and we just did orthodox pads, not to give everything. We did orthodox pads and his pet shots and everything else. And we were only joking about it before, thinking, flipping hell, isn't that mad there now? We did orthodox pads there a couple of days ago and a good session of them. So, uh, well, to, uh, to, yeah, maybe, but we just didn't want to show anything off on the Southpaw pads that we were doing to the stand. Of course, yeah, exactly. So, do you know what I mean? So, uh, it's just weird how it works. But like you say, Callum's got to fight. He's got a chance now to get into the final. And uh, listen, for I feel sorry for Callum. Because Callum against Bremer, he was in a lose-lose. If he beats Bremer on points, you struggle with 39-year-old. If he stopped him, you beat a 39-year-old who's over the hill. Yeah. I feel with the fiasco of the ITV box office last week, not many people would have paid to tune in and watch and everything else. I don't know what's happening with that. Last year, there was talk about it being put onto a normal platform on ITV. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what's happened there. Um, but now with Callum with this and a drop this moment, oh, at least you're going to get a bit of attention for this fight, Callum. You've had none so far, <laughs> <laughs> just for all the wrong reasons. But, but listen, in, term, in terms Silver of keeping lining and everything, isn't there, mate? Absolutely, mate. Of course, it is. In terms of, of keeping Callum focused, then is there, there's no chance he's going to take his eye off the ball here, is there? Because this kid's no, coming late no notice. Chance. No, 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 none whatsoever. He, he knows what's on the line. He knows what lies ahead. He's watched it at the weekend. He's been through his process before. This kid hasn't been in this process before. And Callum knows what he's got to do. He's got to go in there and he's got to um, make a statement and book himself a slot in the final. We just need to get to that final. And uh, there we go. Callum Smith-George goes. But like you say, Callum knows what's on the line. And uh, every time he's uh, been in a big situation, he's always performed. And uh, it's not like he hasn't fought this style before. He's fought Mendy, Tall Orthodox, Mohammedy, Tall Orthodox, Rocky Field, Tall Orthodox. So... Uh, uh, it's not a style that he's not unfamiliar with, mate. Absolutely not, no. In terms of the final then, uh, you know, obviously we're still waiting on news from George Groves, but let's say for now it is definitely going to be George Groves. What did you see at the weekend, Joe? Did, did, you, did you change your opinions at all on how difficult the final's going to be with George? Were you impressed with his performance against Eubank Jr.? I was impressed. No, yeah, I was really impressed with George Groves. I've said before, and if you could roll back the years and uh, get the legs going like he did against George, uh, James DeGale, and keep moving and moving, give us a Eubank, he'd win, and that's what he did do. I thought he, he fought a good game plan. I also thought at the same time, you've got to remember, Eubank's a small bit away, a bit like Rob Brandt, as he's got the best technical ability, and he's good with kids that are sat right in front of him. And George Rose showed any bit of movement, a good job, and he totally offset him. Um, I, what I was really impressed with was in the last round and his shoulder popped out. Yep. When somebody's shoulder pops out, some fighters straight away go, ah, and look to the ref. George Rose's mentality just that situation, that pressure cooker, shoulder went out, never showed out to the ref. In, so the case of the ref, I go, stop, take him to a doctor, rule the fight off. He just bluffed it, kept down, never showed nothing. 
and then sort of like a one arm bandit in the last round there, and he was still finishing with right hands. And I just thought, you know what? He broke his jaw when he thought should enough to win it, and now there he is with one arm thingy. And uh, I thought, nah, fair play, credit to you. And I thought it, it was a, a good performance. And uh, like I say, he rolled back the years. Uh, but that fight took, I wouldn't say it took loads out of him, but uh, I just uh, fingers crossed now. Everyone sees common sense. If George needs an extra month or two months, we'll let him have a month, two months. What yeah. difference does it make? What's going on in July? Nothing. What's going on in August? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, by putting it back that month or two months, we can look at an outdoor arena. We can look at Stamford Bridge. We can look at Anfield. Yeah. You understand? The new tournament doesn't start until September. And so what it starts in September? Let's do the final of this one then. At the beginning of September, George Gold needs to be given as much time to prepare and get ready for this. Um, and... Uh, I hope he gets a speedy recovery. Yeah, the entire tournament across both weight classes has been nothing short of sensational so far. And this is really the first hiccup we've had in the tournament, Bremen having to pull out. Yeah, Callum Kirsten. Yeah, Callum <laughs> exactly. Kirsten. He did an interview yeah. last week saying, yeah, yeah, no one's pulled out enough in a low field. He's cursed himself, <laughs> aren't he? Do you know what I mean? The job's right. <laughs> in terms of, uh, you know, the the uh, the final, and you're right. You know, we, we, the last thing we want now is a replacement opponent coming in. We need to have. You know, George Groves has got to be in the opposite corner on, Ju- on whether it's June the second, July the second, August the second. It doesn't matter. We need to see the final, don't we? Yeah, one hundred percent. That's the fight that we want to see. Like I said to you, whether it be Jurgen Bremer versus um, um, George Groves or Cam Smith, George Groves. We need George Groves. I don't think no one wants to win that tournament and then everyone going, ah, yeah, but you didn't beat George Groves. Do you understand? I'm sure the likes of Eddie Hearns and that would love it to go ahead without the George Groves because I'm sure Eddie will step in and go, right, let's fight the winner versus George Groves in the real final and Sky and make a load of money. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, there's that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, but the fans and everyone else, we all want to see the uh, George Groves versus uh, hopefully Callum Smith um, possibly in the summertime. And I think it, it's great. We've got a World Cup on. Yeah. Um, that'll be done. And uh, listen, uh, it, it should happen. And uh, uh, right, so on. Listen, Eubank can come back again, fight Eddie Gale or go back down to middleweight and uh, go and start again himself. Absolutely, it should. Before I let you go as well, obviously the, the Sowlands have been teasing us about what they are going to announce in September. It looks like definitely they're going to be doing bantam weights, which of course has got some appeal for yourself and your stable. But in terms of the light heavyweights, which is the other weight class that you've hinted at, could we see Callum win this tournament and go straight into the light heavyweight tournaments? Has he enjoyed it that much? Have you guys enjoyed the tournament so far? Have you booked my phone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm right on the money there, are we? <laughs> did you did you did you leave leave have you booked the gym when you left and you came down that time? <laughs> no, listen, well, listen, we have we have we have said in, in, in jest. Um, looking forward, listen, and you always got to be the optimist. Listen, come through this tournament, fantastic if we win it. What are the options then after that? People talk about possibly take a a big ale. Um, or something like that but I don't think that's really the fight for us if we came through this there's a light heavyweight option mm-hmm. and listen I think the money that they'd have to pay Karen Smith to go in it as an Ali trophy winner to go in at two different weights and I think George Groves himself would most probably look at that option as well yeah. it's a great tournament you know your three fights you know what's in it you know the opposition um, but yeah that, 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 that has been talked about and uh, we'll just we'll just wait and see We'd have to go in ranked as number one, wouldn't we, Joe? Having first pick, surely. 
Well, <laughs> well, listen, let, let, let's become number one at Super Middleweight first. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've got a job to do against a, a puncher on Saturday night, and then uh, we've got to go against uh, George Groves. And George, George Groves, I'm so happy for him. Do you know what I mean? I'm really happy for him for his uh, stance, but it looks a frotch, and then the do jack, and he's stuck with it, become world champion. Then he, uh, he he's just he's, uh, all credit should be given to him in his performance last weekend and how how he's resurrected his career once uh, and kept through kept that mental strength and uh, he's just shining example for pros over there uh, in, in the game. Absolutely. Well, listen, it's Callum's time to shine this weekend. We're all looking forward to it. Change of opponents or not, the entire city and the entire country, for that matter, is behind Callum Smith this weekend. Let's set up that All British World Boxing Super Series final, Joe. All the best, and I'll yeah. catch you over the weekend in Germany, my mate. Thank you, mate. Cheers, pal. Take Thanks, care. Mate. Thanks, bye Joe. Bye bye, mate. Bye bye. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Stick with us. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm your host, Nick Pete, and joining me now in this part of the show is the one and only. He's been in Liverpool earlier this week at his beloved Goodison Park doing some pre- press stuff ahead of the British Lionhearts event at the Echo Auditorium next to the Echo Arena on March the 2nd. I am, of course, talking to the European gold medalist, Peter McGrail. Nice to speak to you, my mate. Hello, how are we? Very well, my mate, very well. Yes, you're back in there. Uh, you're not home now, are you? You're back, you're back down in Sheffield, training camp, is that right? I'm just, I'm just in Sheffield, yeah. I've just finished my weight session then. I was, uh, I was this week in walking around Goodison, out on the pitch and... You know, get the feel for it. I was bossing all the sand. Man, seeing the ground empty, like. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's boss life to go. I thought you were at Evertonian, Peter. I thought you had a season ticket. You must be used to being inside that ground when it's empty. But I'm bombed. What was it like getting out on the pitch? Is that the first time you've been on the pitch, or did you get on the pitch yeah, when you won well, your gold medal? Well, yeah, when I won, uh, me, when I won uh, my medals, I went out onto the pitch, like, and when I went, when I went that, when I met my two brothers. And Coleman walked past me, got a little picture with him. Class. Sure. What was it like though being in there empty? It must have been kind of weird, kind of eerie. Yeah, it is. It's mind you see all the writing in the stands, like the EFC and the Everton. Yeah. And like the, the pitch is just perfect, you know what I mean? There's a few pigeons on the pitch, that's about it. Amazing. Have you I always know. been at Evertonian, Peter? Was your, bu- you know, uh, your, your yeah. family all blues? Yeah, my dad, my dad, my brothers. Uh, one of my granddads is a blue and then my other granddads are red. I love it. Growing up then, in, in, you know, growing up in Liverpool, obviously, this is a footy mad city. Footy first, you know, tends to be footy first, boxing second. Was there ever a stage in your life where you wanted to be a footballer, where you dreamt of walking out on the pitch at Goodison? Yeah, it is. I used to play for the um, footy team at home. We made some school called Towns and Boys. We done, uh, as they call it, we done the double double, won the league and the cup two years on the row. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was the good old days, man, at Towns and Boys. But started, uh, I went bad. I used to play on the wing. And then uh, started boxing, won a few national titles, and just that just took over. Then yeah. I didn't want to get injured through playing footy, so but I do miss having a little kick about life. But I would never want to risk breaking my leg or something. So you're not that you're not that you're not as daft as the likes of Liam Smith or Paul Butler or Tony Bell. You still moonlight yeah. on the football pitches, even though they've got world title careers on the go. Exactly, I know it's mad in it, but maybe in the future I might have a little game. But at the minute, I'm not really a. Uh, I don't really want to get injured through playing footy. Just think it'd be a bad move. Exactly. Obviously, you were. Uh, you know, we've got this big event coming up on March the second. As I say, the British Lionheart against the uh, Italia Thunder at the Auditorium at the Echo Arena. Tickets are available now. That will be an amazing night 
of if you want to if you yeah. enjoy boxing, certainly amateur boxing, it really doesn't get any better than this. In terms of that tournament itself, Peter, have you have you enjoyed the experience of being involved in the, in the world boxing series? Yeah, it is brilliant. You know, you, you just said there, it's like it, uh, if you're into amateur boxing, but if if anything, it's more like a pro show. You've yeah, got yeah. Uh, you have your day before weigh-ins. You've got your ring walks. You don't wear a vest. Uh, you've got two extra rounds. You've got five rounds. So yeah, if anything, it's like pro fighting. Like as you know yourself, most pro fights nowadays and earlier on in the career, and that's the, the fighting genuine. So they just push over fights. But these these fights on this world series boxing show are genuine 50-50 fights. You know what I mean? World class opponents. Yeah. Where uh, we're going to be fighting it's the Italian Thunder. So it's going to be a few good fights on the night. Like I feel like amateur boxing's really taken. It's kind of taken a, a leaf out of bizarrely. I feel MMA's book in terms of you know, there's there's less focus on records these days. It's more focused on the best competing against the best on a regular basis, yeah. not having to wait four years to suddenly box against a Cuban or an American just because you're at the the World Championships or the Olympic Games. It's like this tournament has allowed the best amateurs in the world to compete regularly against all different styles, all different nationalities. It's amazing. Exactly, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant format, and uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm just looking forward, to, looking forward to the show. It's going to be great on the second of March, like. Do you know now who you'll be boxing against? Because just to, for people uh, who, are, who don't know, it's uh, it's British Lion Arts against Italia Thunder. However, each team can have like boxers from other nationalities involved yeah, as well. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, well, um, say like I don't know your country. They haven't got someone strong at that weight, or another country or the boxer who they have got is injured, then you can draft someone in from uh, a country that has not got a team placed in the competition. And obviously there's loads of countries around the world who haven't got teams in, yeah. but that have got good boxers. So they'll draft a foreigner in and then they'll represent. So it could be like someone from Israel representing Italian Thunder. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. Probably won't find out too a few days before who I'm fighting like. It's funny, I've just been speaking to uh, to Joe Gallagher out in Germany. Obviously, Callum Smith's had a late yeah. change of opponents as well. And Joe said to me, he said, you know what? It's, we're not really that worried. Callum's done all this before. He's been an international as an amateur. He's boxed all over the world. And then when you go to these big tournaments, you know, you don't know whether you, you might box a Southport on the Thursday, you box a, a, yeah. a six-foot orthodox fighter on the Friday, and then in the final, you're back, you're back to fighting a, a five-foot-three Southport again. So you, you learn to be versatile. Exactly. So this type of yeah, tournament for yourself, too. Peter, you know, obviously we're not looking past Tokyo 2020. We want that gold medal, mate. This city needs 100%. that gold medal. But beyond that, of course, you must be thinking, this format, this tournament, the way it is now, sets you up perfectly for a professional career. Yeah. 100%. It like bridges the gap, you know what I mean? Like, you've got, you've got your extra two rounds. You're not wearing your vest. You've got your day before weigh-ins. Yeah. Every, everything, everything about it, like just like having a pro fight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Apart from your first few pro fights, you wouldn't be boxing anyone half as good as we were fighting here. Do you think that's why, as well, we're seeing now more and more amateurs? You know, obviously, Vasily Lomachenko's a, a bit of a freak in terms of the talent that that kid's got. But yeah, we're seeing he, he more was in amateurs. The WSB, he? Well, that's what I mean. But we're seeing more international amateurs. You know, we're skipping the the ten and zero record in the pro game against you know. It, it, international journeyman if you like we're seeing guys getting yeah. tested earlier on and that's only going to be good for the sport surely yeah and personally I reckon that's through this world series of boxing because if people are boxing five rounds and they've done say they've done 10 to 15 fights in the WSB they've had five round fights 
it's pointless them it's pointless them going and jumping in the three, four round fights, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, f- the first fight's gonna be a six rounder, possibly even an eight rounder. Like the likes of Joe Joyce did. I think he jumped in for the eight rounder his first fight. Yeah, he did. You know yeah. what I mean? So so yeah, this this way I he's boxing it's brilliant for your experience and uh putting you towards the pro game. So what's how are things like for you now in terms of, you know, how does your kind of month by month breakdown is is everything you are doing now, Peter? geared towards Tokyo 2020 or have we got a different have you got a different tournament in mind prior to then that you've got to yeah, pick well, for well obviously everything that you're doing it's always you're always thinking about Tokyo 2020 but I don't really look past my next fight do you know what I mean like I've got I'm worried at the minute I've got uh, Mark the second in Liverpool on my mind and then after that I'll have the Commonwealth Games yeah. which is in April out in uh, Australia the Gold Coast do mm-hmm. you know what I mean and that that that's going to be brilliant for me profile. Uh, be great bringing another gold medal back to Liverpool. Yeah. And then uh, 2019, then it'll be another year of um, Europeans and Worlds. And then uh, I think they could even be qualifiers. Know what I mean? So the, oh yeah, they will be qualifiers in 2019. So there's something big every year. Last year I had the Worlds, the Europeans, and then this year I've got the Commonwealth. And then next year I'll I'll have uh, qualifiers then for 2020. So just a busy next few years. Yeah, definitely. The uh, come back to March the second. Of course, you will go to the Commonwealth Games as as European gold yeah. medalist as as the favourite for that tournament. I'm sure when you're bringing you know the British Lionheart to Liverpool for a big event, you know down at the docks and everything else. You know, obviously you're 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 the main event. Let's be. It must be great for you to be building up this kind of experience at this stage as well of yeah. handling the media, handling the fan attention, knowing that you know what, ninety percent of this crowd have turned up to watch me. It must be great. I know. Yeah, it is. It's brilliant. You know what I mean? Being saying to like everyone, it's a bit like it's a bit like having a pro debut. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like just like headline and a little bill in the auditorium. You know what I mean? There's always pro shows in there, but uh, yeah, it's. I actually can't wait. You know, it's going to be a great night. All the fans supporting us and that. Just don't want all the fans to get behind all of the team, no? Of Not course. just me, you know what I mean? They'll have come to watch everyone, so everyone get behind the British Lionheart, whoever's coming. Absolutely. Did you, uh, when you were at Goodison Park this week as well, did you take a minute to do the old Tony Bellew to dare to dream? Dream about that world title fight at Goodison Park? Yeah. I'd say now, it probably Every... won't be Goodison Park then, will it? You'll be down at the docks. I know. I know. Every time I go there and I do a little interview, I always get asked the same question. Would you like to do that? And it's, um, I think to myself, obviously, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a no-brainer. Question, you know what I mean? do, do you know yeah. what? Forget about that now. Let's, let's let's get rid of that. Bellew's done it. That's old news. Who, who wants to do what Bellew's already done? Bramley, no, you I'll need to do the, new, the anyway. new ground at the docks, yeah. yeah so leave. That's it. Leave, leave Bellew for the, you know. Let him have his, his statue outside that old ground. <laughs> yeah, you want the new ground. As soon as the new ground opens, <laughs> you're straight in for a world title fight. No. <laughs> in, in terms of yourself as well, you know <clears throat> your background. You're based at Everton Red Triangle, which is a hugely successful pro and amateur gym. How how yeah. instrumental has that been in your success, Peter? Being able to train with pros day to day for the last few years, good pros as well, elite level pros. Yeah, brilliant. You know what I mean? Being in uh, ERT since I was ten, and uh, then like just growing up, but like a few of the pros that turned pro first, like Kev Sachs, Ryan Farag, and that. But they were in the gym when I started the gym. You know what I mean? So I grew up boxing with them, and then they turned pro. And then when they turned pro, that was when I started going to the international tournaments and that. So it was boss that I'd still get all the amateur sparring, but then I, as they were 
beter en beter in de pro gaan jongens sparen en dan weer zoals tegen op zit vast en en ja het is briljant dan weer yeah absolutely what's what's the setup down like down at Sheffield now where you are with Team GP I was down there a couple of years ago and it was the facilities then were second to none, but I've been told since by the likes of Anthony Fowler and, and Anthony Joshua that the facilities now are just like no yeah. way you've seen on earth. Yeah, it's just getting better and better. There are stories upgrading it, you know what I mean? We've got a really interesting sea gym. We've got three big, uh, four big massive rings. We've got an altitude tent. We've got the track. You know what I mean? We only live five minutes, not even five minutes in a car away. Mm-hmm. Everything's just... Everything's just perfect, you know what I mean? We've got the best staff. We've got all the best support staff, physios, strength conditioning, brilliant coaches. So, you know what I mean? As long as you're putting the work in, then you'll be getting the results. Absolutely. Still a relatively young man yourself, though, is it? Is it? Yeah. Did you expect this to come so soon, the European goal, the pressure, you know, the the tournaments, the, the, the GB coming to your hometown? Did you expect it to happen so readily? Yeah, well... I didn't know what to expect, you know what I mean? I, I always knew in my own head I was a good boxer. I've always thought to myself, we've got the ability. Like, when I was at youth level, I won a youth Olympic, uh, youth Olympic bronze, youth world bronze. And um, so, like, when I first came onto the GB squad and that, I was, uh, I couldn't wait to get my chance at senior level, you know what I mean, at the major tournaments. We had to wait a few years. So, when I, and then when I went, I didn't really know what to expect. I was thinking in my head, I knew I was good enough to win them, but I just didn't know what it was going to be like. And then, like, two fights in, in the Europeans, I was looking at, like, the other opponents and that, and I was thinking, I'm going to win this gold medal here, and I'm the best here. Yeah. I won them, so... And then, I, and then I got a world bronze, lost out to the world champion on a close fight, so... Uh, a bit more experience, a bit more dedication, and I don't see why I can't win the next world championships. Absolutely. How often are you down at Sheffield? Down? Are you down there four or five nights a week, or how does it work? Do you come home at weekends? Uh, Monday, yeah, Monday to Thursday it is we do. And you're back. Or do, when you get back, then is that is that got to be rest time when you're in Liverpool, or just just still bop in the it gym? Depends how, it depends. It depends how hard the week is. Know what I mean? If I'm if my body's proper tired, then I need to have a rest. Know what I mean? But like, if if I reckon I've still got another day training in me, and that, then I go down the gym. Like I try and get in thirty RP as much as I can. Yeah, but then it's not good to overtrain because otherwise, when you come back down here on the Monday, you've got all your weights and your sparring and that, and you can't put it hundred percent in. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You train like three times a day when you're down here, so it's heavy on the body. What date are you, you guys going over to Australia for the Commonwealth Games? What date will you fly out? Uh, I'm not sure exactly what date, but I think it's mid March. So you go nice and early. After 20, 20, 20 something or something, yeah. What date is the tournament? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be uh, start the. Fourth of April, I think. Brilliant. So you get a good, a good month to acclimatise down under and get yeah. yourself all set up for yeah. the tournament. Mm-hmm. Another one off the list as well. Never been to Australia. Absolutely. Oh, it's fantastic. And that coastline as well is, is something else, mate. Who, yeah. who's, who's going to be your big mm-hmm. rivals down there then, Peter? Who's the, who, who are you looking out for? Uh, well, there's going to. When I went to World Championships, the um, when I got a bronze, the other kid who got a bronze was India. So. It's probably him, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's a there's a there's a decent Irish kid uh he think he got a bronze in the Europeans. I've beat him before years ago, like but I reckon uh, they're probably the best and then there might be like I don't know, uh, someone from um, from uh, my country that I've never heard of that might be decent but <laughs> Absolutely. other than that, it's probably just but there's a, there is a, there's, a, there's a few mad countries in the Commonwealth, isn't there? There is, yeah, yeah. And usually throw up a, a, a the odd the odd crazy boxer that goes all the way, absolutely. 
Uh, first and yeah, foremost, though, we've got the, we've got Liverpool, the Auditorium at the Echo Arena yeah. on March the second. The tickets are available from the from the Echo Arena if anyone's interested. Peter will be there. Go out and see our future Olympic gold medalist and future world champion before he ends up fighting for the world title at Bramley Dock, and we we won't be able to buy tickets because it'll be a sellout. <laughs> Go and see him now, so you can say I seen him back when. Isn't that right? Yeah, definitely. Get down and support me and the lads. Absolutely. Listen, enjoy the rest of your camp, mate. I'll be there yeah, on March the second. Really looking forward to it, and uh, we'll catch up with you then. Sean, thank you very much. Thanks, Peter. Take thank care. You, Sean, you're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Stalk. Stick with us. We're talking mixed martial arts next. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Listen, if you've been listening to the entire show, you've had your fill of everything boxing. Now you've had the the pro boxing angle with Callum Smith. You've had the amateur boxing angle with Peter McGrail. But I want to turn your focus back to this city. Now, obviously, we know Callum's fighting out in Germany on Saturday night. But right here in Liverpool, mixed martial arts of the highest echelon returns to this city at the Echo Arena. The one and only Cage Warriors promotion returns Saturday night with Paddy the Baddy, Meatball Molly, Cage Warriors 90. I think we've got 17 bouts booked so far. Fingers crossed. I've got the main man on the phone at the moment. Graham Boylan from Cage Warriors. Graham, sensational card, mate. And the first thing I want to ask you is, kind of unusual for the Echo Arena, which for fight sports, well, for all sports, notoriously a difficult venue to sell out. But I can honestly ask you this question. Are there any tickets left? No, there are a few on the door, not a great deal. But, um, you know, it, it, it's set up for a, a decent number. There's a few cheaper and tickets left and a few floor seats left. But we, we, we expect those to be gone by Friday by the time Wayne comes. There's something a bit, little bit special happening in this city. I know, listen, fight sports across the whole of the UK is enjoying a, a, a real golden age right now. But when it comes to mixed martial arts and Liverpool, something is going on, Graham, with the passion of this city, with the with the fans, with the numbers that are turning up at the gate. And, you know, it, it, is it all around Paddy Pimlet? Is that what it is? Or do you think it's just... You know better than anybody. You look at your track record, Graham. You You've got this career history of knowing where the hotspots are in terms of mixed martial arts. Why is Liverpool, why is it exploding here right now? I think it's Paddy, man. Paddy is, Paddy is doing in Liverpool what Connor did in Dublin. Yeah. You know, the, the, he, he's, he's single-handedly bringing the sport to the masses in Liverpool and the city's got behind him. And Molly, and Molly's behind him doing that and Chris being a champion there. You know, between those three, they're bringing in big things and bringing big guys into Liverpool. And it's kind of... The McGregor Dublin, it's not a pinless Liverpool era that's starting to to breed that madness into the sport again. Absolutely. Obviously Paddy's uh Paddy's in action on Saturday night. Uh Alexis Savidis, another tough fight for him. He steps up to lightweight this time around. It, was was that inevitable, Graham, just because of the size of his frame? Yeah, the size of his frame. You know, he he's he's a big he would have been a big featherweight trying to even hold that weight, you know, to, to hold that weight division. So him at lightweight is a, is a better weight for him, uh, both mentally and both from a health point of view. You know, he doesn't have to cut so much weight. He's going to be himself in there. He's not going to be uh, tired and dehydrated. So it's good for him to be a lightweight. He's a growing boy. He's very young. So, you know, bones are only going to get heavier. So, yeah. So looking forward to seeing him at lightweight, actually. Yeah, me too. I was down at the, uh, you know, at the, the Cage Warriors Media Day uh, last week. And, you know, obviously he's, he's the same old paddy. He's as chipper as anything. But he, he was saying to me then, it, you know, it helps that every day he can come in and train and learn and think about the fight rather than, 
his main focus being on cutting weight on, on on trying to get the weight off you know in in time to make the scales which is obviously going to you'd like to think impact on his performance this weekend a performance I'm sure that like <laughs> like every cage warrior show in Liverpool there's this demographic, Graham, that I keep talking about. I don't see it at any other fight sports. And you know what? I've been a fight journalist for 19 years now and I've never seen it anywhere on the planet. I've never seen this demographic of gangs of young lads, 12, 13, 14 years of age, getting dropped off at the arena by the mums and dads as if they were going to the pictures. And then in the crowd, you've got dads with sons who are seven, eight, nine years of age with homemade Paddy the Baddy T-shirts. Is this what is this what we experienced in Ireland with Conor McGregor? Is this exactly what it was like? It was the exact same thing, man. I mean, I think what what we've all got to understand is, ten years ago, no one knew, no one knew this sport, no one knew what was going on. As sports slowly got, got got picked up, but now it's a generation thing where kids these days are, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. They're playing UFC and they're playing MMA games on the PlayStation. That's all they're talking about. It's been in their life from the moment they started realizing sports. Whereas for us growing up, it was something that came along afterwards. So it's a generation thing. Um, I think it's only going to get bigger. You know, it's just it's just there for kids growing up these days, and it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Especially in Liverpool, with Paddy being so young and being in with that young generation, these kids are just going to keep following and following. Yep. I guess you feel questions all the time about Paddy and his potential and his. You know, one day you talk, you know, people ask him every other every other question. It's like, when, what day are you going to be in the UFC? Is that something you're concerned about as as the promoter to think? You know, I've got this amazing gem here that I'm polishing into a diamond, and inevitably one day he's going to want to go, kind of, to, to you know, on it onto the international stage. Is that does that frustrate you as a as Cage Warriors promoter? Not frustrating, no. You know, we've put eighty eighty plus guys into the UFC, yeah. so it's our job to build them shine them and get them ready for the UFC. It's their dream to be in the UFC. That's where the best fighters in the world are. So for us to be part of their journey and for them to be part of our brand while we both do that hand in hand together, it's a great thing for us and it just goes to show how legitimate our platform is for these guys who want to go there. So obviously we'd love to keep them. um, But, you know, they have dreams and we have aspirations to help them get those dreams. Absolutely. UFC, of course, have, have only pretty recently introduced a, a female flyweight division. You've got Molly McCann on the card, headline on the card on Saturday night against Byron Tyrell for your uh, Cage Warriors flyweight world title. The first female title fight we've had in Cage Warriors, is that correct? Um, there's been a few uh, title fights, uh, but at, at Fly, uh, the women's flyers, uh, Molly and Byron fighting is going to be a a big fight for yeah. uh, Molly in her hometowns. The one thing she asked for last year when I asked her if she wanted the UFC, if she wanted more fights, she just said she wanted a fight for a world title in her hometown at the Echo Arena. So we've helped make Molly's dream come true here. The rest is up to her. Absolutely. And in terms of Molly as well, she pulls in an audience. I remember last time at the at the Echo Arena, first time I've ever seen gangs of of, of young women, of, of girls on a night out, you know, I'm, I'm talking girls here dressed up to the nines as if they were going to a nightclub. Yeah, here they are sitting cage side, that cage warriors cheering for, for Molly McCann. Again, a, another completely new demographic that's being pulled into the sport. Yeah, 100%. You know, she's got a huge fan base. Every, everybody in Liverpool loves Molly. You know, she's one of your own and she's got, um, she's so young and she's, She's with all the the youngsters in Liverpool, training with them, out with them, you know. She's got a good social following. So to see her compete for that world title is going to be uh, great for us to watch 
and um, I'm sure it'll be an amazing fight for her and Byrne. You know, it's two big UK female names going out of that vehicle. Yeah. Now, in terms of this fight as well, it's it's kind of weird how, it, how it's kind of come about because I remember speaking to Molly about it, and Molly was saying, listen, I'm frustrated because I was being lined up to fight a Brazilian girl for this world title, and then uh, I was told that Byrony asked for this fight, and I feel frustrated about that because she's my former sparring partner, if you like, and we've trained a lot together, and I feel like she's let me down personally. She never rang me and said, listen, this is business, let's get it on. It came through Cage Warriors channels that, listen, Byrony's asked for the fight, so she's going to get the fight. And then I was down in, in, in Leicestershire, and I was chatting away um, to Byrony's management team, and I was chatting to them, and they were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, the fight was offered to Byron. So, come on, Graham, I've got you on the spot right now. What <laughs> quite has gone on here? Have you played devil's advocate in the middle? Have you made something uh, special happen? Or? No. Uh, Ian, <laughs> Dean is the one, Ian Dean's the one you want for that. <laughs> I, I, I stay out of the detail. I let them get on with it. But I do know the Brazilian that we had originally for Molly um, ended up being a no. There were some kind of complications there. And... Um, Ian Dean did his magic, and before we knew it, Byron was fighting Molly. Absolutely, and Ian let you know all credit to Ian, one of the best matchmakers the sport's ever seen. Absolutely. In, in terms of other talent on this card, then obviously it's it's packed with uh, it's packed with Merseysiders. Nine amateurs on this card. You got a nine bout uh, amateur. I think it's Cage Warriors Academy first, Graham, and then it, and then yeah. we kick off with the pro fights from seven pm. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we have the first amateur fighter at four thirty. Um, they'll have two hours. There'll be a couple of uh, amateur titles in there. Then there'll probably be a reset, maybe I don't know, ten, fifteen minutes. We'll go into the pro prelims, and then from there we'll get into the main card. For anybody uh, uneducated uh, who is going to the events this weekend, maybe a, a Mad Paddy fan or a Molly fan or Elliot Jenkins, one of the other pros on the card, what's the difference, Graham, with the with the amateur rule set compared to the pro rule set? Well, with, with, with the amateur rule sets, they'll do um, three threes. Um, the pros will go for the three fives. The world title fights will be five fives. Um, amateurs just won't be throwing elbows. Will be the main will be the main difference, and they'll have bigger gloves. So the the amateurs wear eight ounce gloves, and the pros will have four ounce gloves. Yeah. So they're, they're the main they're the main things to watch out for. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Lee Chadwick was supposed to be co-headlining this card as well. Have we got an update yet on Lee's knee injury? How long is he going to be out for? And when do you expect him to be back out defending that middleweight belt? Uh, we'd like him out mid- mid- mid-year. Um, I think he, he, he's going to have some rehab issues with uh, was it, was it ACL or MCL. I don't know which one he's done. Um, but he'll be updating with us and keeping his uh, rehab situation updated with us on a regular basis so we can look to get him back in as soon as he's fit and ready. And we We'll probably look to just get that that match um, back rescheduled because it's it's a great fight. Yeah. Um, so we, we we see no reason to actually go and find a new fight for Lee. We're happy, and I think the other camp are happy as well. Giannis's camp are happy to take a, a reschedule on that if we can find the right date and it works for both sides. Absolutely, and I can't let you go before I ask you. You mentioned his name earlier, Chris Fishgold, your your current Cage Warriors lightweight champion. Uh, after he made his latest defence, he talked about moving down to featherweight and becoming a, a two-weight champion. Obviously, the, the last person to hold both the featherweight and lightweight belts in your organisation was Conor McGregor. Will we will, will we see Fish, Fishy fight for the featherweight belt next, or is he going to stay at lightweight? What's the latest? Um, I don't know. Chris is uh, taking some time grappling and... Did, did, he, did he compete Polaris at the weekend? 
He did, yeah. yeah. He uh, jumped in with the, the pro grapplers at the weekend and had a little run around with them. But um, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's bigger things for Chris. Um, you know, it's 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 a timing thing in MMA uh, yeah. where they end up, where they want to end up, and if they end up there at the right time, a lot of a lot of moving parts need to click. So hopefully, there's bigger things for Chris. But you know, it's a uh, it's an option if he if he decides he wants to become a, a two weight cage wars world champion like Connor. Absolutely. Um, listen, I've got to, I've got to give the final shout out of the show to. To the man himself, because he's the reason most of this city will be rocking up to the Echo Arena at the weekend. We're going to see a, you know, Paddy ba- the Baddy, bigger, better, stronger than ever. Hopefully, climbing on top of that octagon. Are, are you going to try and hold him back a bit, Graham? Last time he was in the Echo Arena, he seemed to be cornering people. He was doing people's cuts. He was selling refreshments. He was serving hot dogs, and then he was in the main <laughs> event. Are you, are you guys going to hide him in the dressing room a bit and, and get him to relax a little bit more? Uh, Paddy, Paddy, Paddy feeds off the energy in, in the arena and with all his friends and family around him in the city. You know, we we talked to him till we're blue in the face of just trying to go back, sit down, relax. But you know, he he trains all year with his teammates. His teammates are competing on the same show he is. He wants to be there for them. You know, he he's one of your own. He wants to be in the corner with his guys. So whatever takes him over, and if if he feels he's gonna get some energy off being out in the audience and cornering, then so be it, but that's him and his coach's choice what they want to do. Uh, I would like to think he would uh, he would be taking a step back from at least half of that compared to last night. No hot dogs at least, no selling hot dogs. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Graham Boylan. Pleasure, can't wait for this weekend. Saturday night, Cage Warriors 90 comes to the Echo Arena. If you've never seen mixed martial arts up close before, listen, Believe me, you will not see a better card than this. Two of the city's brightest young stars right at the top of the card. It's packed with local talent. And there is, we've just heard it from the horse's mouth, some tickets left. There will be some tickets on the door, but don't wait. Don't hesitate. The place will be rocking. Graham, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Take care. Have a good day. Take care. Thanks very much. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Catch us up on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Fight Disciples. We will be everywhere this weekend. We're at Cage Warriors. We're at Callum Smith out in Germany. We are everywhere. We're all over the Merseyside boxing scene. Follow us there. Stick with us and come back next week, Tuesday, here on Radio City Talk, half six to half seven, for more of the same. All the best. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.